Welcome in the latest episode of that SEC podcast. I'm your host, Michael Bratton. I go by SEC Mike on Twitter, and I'm joined as always by my cousin Shane, who goes by Big Orange Balls on Twitter. What are you up to, you big Tennessee homer? <laughs> hey, buddy, what's going on? Oh, man, having a good old time here talking football with you. How mm. you doing, brother? Mm. Oh, Nick Saban, let one get away, brother. <laughs> Doing real good, man. Uh, I mean, obviously, I'm keeping my eye out every day on the transfer portal, but it's always nice to get a get a good recruiting news. You know, it just kind of kind of makes your day a little bit better, Mike. Yeah, and can you believe it, Shane? I mean, less than a week away, we're going to have the early signing period. They, they're they throwing this on top of all the news and the coaching movement and the transfer portal and the bowl season. Mm-hmm. I mean – what else can we throw on here? You know what? <laughs> yeah, I don't know, man. I, I it's been wild. We got coaches getting hired, coaches getting fired. We got all kinds of good stuff going on, and and uh, this is this is the, one of the. I I think un, it's a slow week. Don't get me wrong. I mean, we got one game that we really care about on Saturday, and other than that, you know, if you, you we're still going to watch bowl games because that's what we do, but. Uh, yeah, it's it's not been a slow week. Unfortunately, we got some horrible, horrible news earlier this week uh, with the pirate, and, and and so that's that's going on. And then you've also got you know good things coming. You know, I, I think there's been some excellent hires out here that people aren't really talking about, which we're probably going to get into a little bit more in the off season. And and not to mention recruits in the portal. I mean, it is fun. It's entertaining, um, even though there's no games on. The the excitement is just watching where some of these kids are rolling in yeah and of course we've got uh you know special guests on this show shane jake wimberly buddy down there host of the afternoon drive out of jackson mississippi gonna talk you know share some thoughts what it's like being on the ground there in mississippi and uh, of course breaking news here right before we hopped on the line it's being widely reported defensive coordinator mm-hmm. zach arnett is going to be the next head coach yeah. of the Mississippi State Bulldogs. And, you know, so let's just start right there, Shane, because, um, you know, obviously a, a difficult time for for obvious reasons. I mean, my my goodness, Shane, this is the first time I could I think that, I, that has ever happened where a sitting SEC coach has died. Right. Uh, it wasn't in the middle of the season, but, but obviously during this paramount time. But even – you know, look overlooking the obvious of uh, uh, how devastating that is to that community. Everything we just said. I mean, I'm seeing photos. The the coaching staff is still out there recruiting. Yeah, they have to do their job, and it's not because they're, you know, uh, uh, not not hurting and and mm-hmm. not at a loss for losing Coach Mike Leach, but because Alabama, Ole Miss, Auburn, on and on and on, they're on the road recruiting. Mm-hmm. So you just can't. Mike, there's even rumors they're out there recruiting Mississippi State. Now, I don't know if that's true, but if it is, buddy, I tell you what, that is some dirty, dirty stuff. So there there may be a couple of foxes in the hen house, as they say. Right. And I mean, just, just throw that onto it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So you can't turn I it mean, off. This... It's a business. <laughs> I, I, it's a, it's a, this isn't something you prepare for. This is something mm-hmm. you never hope that you see or you encounter. But, you know, it, it is very crucial um, movements right now for this university. And I think an in-house hire, I, I think, was, was 
a no-brainer here. I think this is a great hire, and if you want to keep team unity, you keep from within. So I think this is this is a a good start for Mississippi State in, in, in tough times. Right, and if you go back to our episode, Shane, after the Egg Bowl, what I said, and I think you agreed with me at the time, Zach Arnett's defense won them the football game. Yeah. I mean, they, they were playing outstanding football at the tail end of the season, and they are in large part why Mississippi State's currently got that Egg Bowl trophy in Starkville because of the defense. We're seeing we've had uh, several linemen, several linebackers announce, hey, we're coming back for another season. Mm-hmm. They want to play for Zach Arnett, very popular coach down there. He's fully on board with pushing NIL, keeping the players happy down there with all that. I think you have to have a coach that is committed and endorses that and pushes that because otherwise it goes back to what we just said. There's 13 other SEC coaches that will happily give your players NIL if you don't want to give it to them. You know what? <laughs> That's right, man. The the check the checks are being sent out right now and it's it's and, and I was looking at it too the nil um, one of those uh, real cool website on three was had mm-hmm. a little breakdown of 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 these different I guess you would say nil collectives and how much money they have promised how much money they collected real cool and 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 you look how how committed is this university as that's what I found myself doing like. I'm looking at Tennessee's, and then I'm like, I wonder how much Texas A&M spending over here, you know. So then I dive down there. It's it's an arms race, and and you know that with the the biggest checkbook potentially has the ability to to steal a recruiting class. Yeah, and you know, sticking on that theme, Shane, the recruiting has not stopped in Starkville, Mississippi State. Here on Wednesday, some good news, Shane. The Miami transfer, Kamari Rogers. He was the number 15 corner prospect in the country last season. Mm-hmm. Commits to Mississippi State. So, yeah. man, they're they're keeping this momentum on that side of the ball going under Zach Arnett. So, maybe that's all part of it. They, the allure of, uh, you know, we'll get to our interview with Jake here in just a second, but he makes the point, Shay, that that is something they'll be able to sell. The program is not shifting. You know, your position coach is still going to be here. Your main recruiter is still going to be here on and on and on. And I think Mississippi State right now desperately needs that continuity or as much as they can get after the tragic passing of Mike Leach. Yeah. One other thing I wanted to mention here, Shane, I wanted everyone to be aware, Mississippi State is holding a memorial service for Coach Leach Tuesday, December 20th, mm-hmm. 1 o'clock Central Time in the Humphrey Coliseum where they play their basketball games, of course. So be on the radar from for that. Can't wait to see uh, you know, some of the stories, and, and I can't imagine how many fans are probably going to pack that place out yeah. to honor the Pirate next Tuesday, December 20th at 1 o'clock Central Time. I saw him, lay, I saw him laying out uh, flowers and candy. Uh, I don't know if you saw that. And I was looking, I was looking real close because I said, if I see any damn candy corn up here, <laughs> any fruit cake, I'm going to kick somebody's ass. But uh, no, it, it seemed like it was airheads and nerds. Uh, he just talked about them nerd clusters. So they, they, yeah. they were listening. They know what the pirate liked. And one thing that uh, upsets me a little bit here, Shane, I hope they make an, an exception or at least amend this stupid rule. College mm-hmm. Football Hall of Fame, they have a rule. You have to have won 60% of your football games as a coach to be in the Hall of Fame. Mike Leach at five 
98%. Oh. So he is not currently eligible, but credit the College Football Hall of Fame. They've already uh, memorialized Coach Leach there with uh, Mississippi State, Washington State, Texas Tech helmets. Uh, Swing Your Sword, the book I read from on the last episode. Yeah. So they, they are honoring him. I hope they do that permanently, and I hope they – I mean, I understand why you got these certain rules to get into a college football Hall of Fame, but being a stickler because of .02 percentile – yeah. Seems foolish. I mean, Coach Leach belongs in the College Football Hall of Fame. I think it would be really cool, and it would be – you want to talk about remembering a coach is if you change it to 598. You know? <laughs> I think that would be absolutely awesome. We'll call it the, the Leach Clause or something like that. But uh, that's exactly what they need to do, and I think they will, Mike. I think they're going to do the right thing here. Uh, a lot of publicity behind this, and, and rightfully so. The guys changed college football. Um, you know, I, I saw a video earlier of Hopple when he was uh, at Oklahoma there, you know, just having a conversation. You don't realize that, you know, you think about Hopple's offense and and how much of that was predicated off what he learned with, with the pirate, you know? So I, I just, I don't know. He changed the landscape and, and that's when I think about honoring a, a football coach, not just wins and losses, but what they did for the for the ultimate brand, you know. So I think it's a I, I think it'd be a, a good good point to have him in there. And right, sticking on that theme, Shane, last thing I got on Mike Leach, I just thought this was outstanding. Kirby Smart, they held their Peach Bowl press conference here on Wednesday mm-hmm. and he was asked about the impact Mike Leach had on the game of football. Let's kick it over to Kirby. How much of an influence do you see from Coach Leach? Yeah, his impact is uh, wide and broad. You know, he traveled all over the country to coach. He went from the bottom right down at Valdosta State to all the way up to Washington State, you know, and, and coached all over the country. And, you know, his impact is, is really felt more in the high school level, I think, because we see what the vision that he had in terms of passing the ball, throwing the ball from his young years with uh, Coach Mummy all the way through now. But you, what you don't see is the trickle-down effect that he's had where we go watch a high school team play and the elements of his offensive system are pervasive. I mean, it's like all over the place. And, um, you know, it changed the game from when years ago it was wishbone, triple option, and you couldn't watch a high school game without wing tee, veer option, triple option, wishbone, to now you actually see more air raid elements than you do those. And uh, he had a large part to do with that and uh, a special man and um, heartfelt, you know, feelings out going out to his family, his wife and his kids. Yeah, so it just <laughs> – hey, from the defensive mastermind here, honoring one of the best, if not the best, offensive innovator in college football history, I just thought that was pretty neat. Yeah, no, that's cool, man. You know, it's, uh, and you've, you've heard it from several coaches. I think that's that's been the coolest part, you know, because there is this – the society of head coaches and, you know, old school players and, you know, they hearing them come out and tell stories and, and, and stuff. That's, that's been my favorite part. Some of these stories never would have been said, you know, if, if something didn't happen, I mean, 10, 15, 20 years from now, you wouldn't have heard some of these. So uh, I just think it just shows you what a class act he was, but you know, more importantly, what a great coach he was. Yeah, no doubt. Well, Shane, let's kick it over. To our interview, teased it enough, Jake Wimberly, ESPN Radio out of the state of Mississippi. He's the host of the Afternoon Drive 
little conversation on uh, Mike Leach's legacy down there in the great state of Mississippi. All right, we're pleased to once again be joined by friend of the show, Jake Wimberly. Of course, you know him, host of the Afternoon Drive ESPN Radio 105.9 out of Mississippi, and he's the owner of CFBHourglass.com. Jake, thank you so much for taking some time to talk with us. Michael, always a pleasure to be on your show. This is the best SEC and one of the best football podcasts in the country, so it's always an honor to be here. Well, I appreciate the kind words, Jake, and especially now during these uh, these difficult times. Uh, you know, all this suddenly happened here in Starkville. What's, uh, I mean, I, I can only imagine what the vibe is like down there in that state. Um, and, and what's it like down there with uh, knowing that Coach Leach just won his, his first Egg Bowl and, and now we, of course, he'll never going to coach again? It's been weird. It's been a really weird week, uh, for being honest. I think for everybody involved, it's been a very um, – kind of a cold time and just kind of a numb feeling and a lot of times you know I mean because we haven't seen this happen I mean you know if you go back and look Michael uh you know you got the uh, tragedy that happened at uh, Marshall in the 70s you've got uh, Bo Rain who lost his life uh, at LSU but he you know in the plane uh, that disappeared across the Atlantic or into the Atlantic that and he had never coached a game I believe there was one coach in South Carolina in the late 80s 89 somewhere that but not, we don't see this. I mean, a sitting head coach who, you know, uh, loses his life suddenly, um, it's just a very weird deal. Uh, you know, and I can, you know, go back to the weekend. I know Mike Leach, you know, going into the season, there were some questions about his health. But I think a lot of people, you know, you talk to people up there, he had some pneumonia issues he was battling. Um, nothing severe, but just some, you could tell, by the way, he did interviews and that kind of stuff, he, you know, some coughing and such. But by all accounts, he was he was okay. I mean, Saturday night he attended a, a – a, Christmas party in Starkville and uh, seemed fine. And then Sunday, you know, started getting some texts from people that uh, absolutely are inside that circle saying, hey, uh, where does, you know, paramedics are at Mike Leach's house. Mike Leach's got to go to Jackson. Well, if, if you're in the state of Mississippi and you are being told that, you know, you have a loved one or someone that's having to having to be airlifted or taken to Jackson, that is always a, a bad sign because obviously Jackson's where the biggest hospitals and, and uh, medical facilities are in the state. So you knew it wasn't good. I just didn't know what was going on. So uh, it just a really weird week, a really, um, you know, really uh, just almost like it's a not real week. Uh, you know, uh, as, as Mike Leach, uh, you know, um, loses his life and now Mississippi State's got to pick up the pieces and move forward. Yeah, and his, it, I mean, his time, like you said, just cut short. It was a brief stint, three seasons there at Starkville. But um, what, you know, when years down the road, when people ask you about Mike Leach, what do you think will be the first thing that kind of pops into your head, Jake? A guy that did it his way. You know, a guy that did it his way, and I think a guy that is who he is, who who he says he is, he is, what he says he he, he says he means, he, he means it, uh, and says what he does. You know, he, he was that kind of guy. You know, and Mike Leach is a guy that I was fortunate enough to spend some time around at various points and uh, even in private settings. And I can tell you a matter of factly, I mean, the Mike Leach that you saw – on the television at the, you know, be it on, at a ball game or in an interview setting, SEC media days, is the same guy behind the scenes. I mean, he he is a he was a generic guy, a loving guy, a guy that uh, was very smart, very very smart guy. Could have been a PhD, could have been an attorney, could have taught on a college camp. I mean, he could have done probably anything he wanted to do. Um, and I think the thing that sticks out is Mike is a guy who, um, you know, was kind of a, a you know a, a pioneer or for, of sorts in, in in football with the throwing and you know. Pass, uh, passing game, pitch and catch game, 
there's a lot that you can say about Mike, but definitely the thing is Mike did it his way, and Mike was very authentic. Yeah, and since his passing, Jake, I've just been kind of blown away. I mean, I knew he was a popular figure. I knew seemingly, you know, he, he coached all over the country, so there was connections to, to just about everybody. But I have really been blown away by just the, the reaction and, and just the funny stories. Is there anything that has, has struck you maybe you didn't know or, or a connection you didn't realize he had that uh, has really resonated you, that you've learned about since his passing? Well, I, I think, you know, a couple. One, you look at it, I, I forget, and I think sometimes we forget this, that Lincoln Riley, uh, you know, comes from the, the Mike Leach tree. And, of course, you know, there's a story out there. Mike basically told Lincoln at Oklahoma, he says, hey, you're not going to be that good of a player, but I think you'll be a heck of a football coach. And then, of course, you know, you forget about some of the guys like Sonny Cumbie at, at Louisiana Tech uh, and some others. Um, you know, and, and then, you know, you look at Gardner Minshew, who, who came out today uh, and said basically publicly, he was asked about Mike Leach, and he said, hey, had it not been for Mike Leach, I would probably be a, an assistant under Nick Saban right now because a lot of people forget – when Gardner Minshew left East Carolina, he was headed to Alabama to be the third-string quarterback behind Jalen Hurts and Tua Tagovailoa at the time. And, and Gardner, who I know well, told he came on my radio show and said, "Hey, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go be the backup at Alabama and likely go into coaching." Well, it was Mike Leach who, you know, that connection was made, gave him an opportunity on that one year uh, to come out to Washington State to fill the void of then, um, you know, a quarterback spot that was, uh, you know, kind of. Uh, uh, wide open due to a tragic incident out there at Washington State where their quarterback, Tyler Alinsky, had taken his own life. So, you know, Gardner Minshew's very adamant about it. If it wasn't for Mike Leach, I would not be in the NFL today. I'd be coaching football. So there's a lot of connections and a lot of stories, and Mike touched so many people. And, of course, we got a bowl game. I mean, that's it's almost impossible to even think about this, Jake, but uh, we, we do got a bowl game January 2nd against Illinois. Any idea? I, I've seen a couple floating around. I don't think it's anything official, but any ideas on how the program will honor Coach Leach for that bowl game against Illinois on January 2nd? Do not have anything nailed down ironclad. I know some people have been clamoring about a possible uniform, uh, you know, something to some degree. I, I would almost guarantee you um, Mississippi State will do something. You would think the bowl itself will do something, uh, just kind of a, of a unique setting being right there with, a, you know, ironically, a pirate ship in that stadium in Tampa uh, for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So haven't heard anything official, but you can almost guarantee that, uh, you know, while it is a bowl game for two, two obviously two teams on a neutral site, there will be uh, plenty there to remember Mike Leach. And, of course, it's being widely reported that uh, defensive coordinator Zach Arnett is going to be Mississippi State head coach. Uh, thoughts on that, Jake? You know, I realize, I mean, I don't think people that don't follow Mississippi State realize what a tough situation this is. There's no AD. Uh, we got signing day in literally a week. Transfer portal. I mean, on and on and on. Um, it, this is a, a nightmare scenario for many reasons, but at least – to, in my eyes, Jake, they've got a heck of an assistant, one of the best in the country, that uh, is right there. And, and I mean, this, considering the circumstances, I mean, Mississippi State could do a lot worse than Zach Arnett. What, what's your thoughts? Yeah, I think it's, and we've been talking about this uh, for the last few days. And, and, you know, you hate to turn straight back to the football field because obviously, you know, Mike Leach, uh, you want to honor him. And, and there is that time of, of uh, you know remembrance and, and grieving that is there, but you have to look forward. I mean, everybody else is going to continue to move forward, and you know the calendar. And I've been saying this for the last two days. The the actual calendar, the NCAA slash athletic calendar, is forcing a lot of this. And there's circumstances that are out of the control of Mississippi State that are forcing this as well. 
as you referenced, it is reported Zach Arnett will be the next head football coach at Mississippi State. Um, that's reported by Pete Thamel and several other other uh, you know media entities out there as well. No official word from the university as we're cutting this podcast. Uh, that'll likely come uh, you know tonight or first thing in the morning when you hear this. But you know it's it's a very dicey deal. You mentioned there is no athletics director in place. I know that they're down to to the to the last two or three candidates. That is likely going to be announced next week. Um, you would have to think Dr. Keenum, the president of the university, is going to let the uh, you know the, the funeral and the uh, I know they have set a uh, a day of remembrance and an open ceremony at Humphrey Coliseum for Mike Leach, I believe, on the twentieth. So you want you don't want to get in the way of that. You want that that to happen. So you've got that on the table. You've got a new athletics director coming up on the table. Oh, and then by the way, you've got National Signing Day coming up next week. The negative part of that is, as it's already being reported by Steve Robertson, 247sports.com, who covers Mississippi State, that there are rumors out there already from players and stuff that some coaches are already trying to poach uh, the Mississippi State team. Now, that's just part of the game. That's, that's, I'm not condoning it. That's part of, the, of college football. We know that, uh, especially in the day and age of the transfer portal. So there's so many variables to this that it only made sense in my mind that Zach Arnett would be promoted to head coach because you keep the same staff in place for the most part. Maybe he goes out and finds an offensive coordinator uh, to help, you know, with Steve Spurrier Jr., who has been a big part of Mike Leach's offense for a number of years, dating back to Washington State. You give the assurance to the players on the team and the players that are committed to the program that, hey, I'm going to be here. I mean, this this staff, Mike's not here. We get it. We can't fill that that void. But the staff that you know and love and the staff that you work with, your position coach is going to be here. The person that recruited you is going to be here. That is, Michael, you know this, that is monumental because the, if he was given the interim tag, then all other coaches could use that as a recruitment against Mississippi State if they're in a battle to say, hey, you don't even know who your head coach is going to be next year and you're going to play for an interim head coach. So I think this was the right move. I would assume that the contract that is going to be put into place favors Mississippi State in the instances of, hey, if this does go south, the new athletics director can make his or her move pretty quickly next year but i think under the circumstances this makes sense right otherwise you're just under essentially what brian harson was under uh, i mean he was the head coach but we all knew he was not going to be the head coach for long you know what correct absolutely all right jake well hey i, I appreciate you taking this time during this uh you know busy time for you troubling time there uh don't everybody don't forget to give jake a follow at jake wim and check out the afternoon drive espn radio 105.9 fn out of mississippi and don't forget cfbhourglass.com jake thank you thank you thank you so much for taking the time absolutely michael appreciate it happy holidays and merry christmas absolutely all right, Chase, I just want to say thanks again for Jake Wimberly joining the show. I'm on his show about once a week, it seems like. So uh, hopefully, you know, some of his fans listen to this show and, and some of our fans listen to his. But uh, always a great time with Jake. Oh, yeah. No, good stuff there, Mike, as always. Yeah, I, th- I think we need to start having him on once a week, you know. If <laughs> <laughs> But how about this, Shade? I mean, I thought um, maybe the biggest news item in the SEC on Wednesday, at least, South Carolina makes it official. They've hired Dow Loggins, formerly mm-hmm. Arkansas tight end coach. He's been an offensive coordinator in the NFL for many years. I, I think he got the job maybe he was like 33 years old. I mean, it's pretty rare to be an NFL offensive coordinator at that young age. Mm-hmm. And – 
you come out here, you expect Shane Beamer to sell his coach, which he does. Yeah. He did a great job. Dow Loggins, I thought, crushed it. But what I did not expect, Shane, was, my God, Jade Bieber came out there with a flamethrower <laughs> to just demolish any critic of this hire. Let's kick it over first to uh, to Shane Beamer, which uh, <laughs> this is great. As well. And part of that momentum that I'm talking about that we've create, we're continuing to build on is hiring Dow Loggins as our offensive coordinator. Uh, I told you guys when we had that press conference over in the stadium the weekend after the Clemson game that there was a ton of interest in, in this position and that my phone was blowing up. And that is exactly the, uh, the case. It was blowing up. And I talked to a lot of people, a lot of people that were interested in this position, sitting head coaches in college football that reached out to me, current coordinators in the NFL that reached out to me, current Power Five coordinators. I easily could go out and hire the hot name, the guys that when you guys read the hot boards on some of y'all's websites, the names that were on there that the general public thinks that's the guru and that's the guy that we need to bring into the program. I'm not interested in winning the, program, the, the press conference, guys. I'm interested in hiring the best coach available for what we need as a program. I'm interested in not hiring the name that people recognize. I'm interested in hiring the guy that can continue to move this program forward. There were a lot of hot names, if you will, last year out there in college football. They got hired places that people that are not as aware of what's going on in college football said, oh my God, that is a home run hire by that school. Well, some of those schools are sitting home for Christmas right now because they're not even in a bowl game with what they did. So talk to a ton of people, all right? Clayton White and Pete Limbo, when we hired those two guys, probably there wasn't a lot of fanfare when we hired Clayton White and pretty and Clayton uh, Clayton White and Pete Limbo. I'd say they've turned out to be pretty damn successful here at South Carolina. All right, so they weren't necessarily the hot name when we hired them. People that are in the profession know about Dow Loggins. So I read your article this morning, Gene, and that's great. I'm sure in your research you did more than just say, well, I haven't heard of that guy before. Let me see what his stats said. Oh, well, he had a run as a coordinator in the NFL that maybe wasn't as successful that he wanted, so he must not be very good. Surely you did more research than that, Gene. And it's not just Gene, it's a lot of people. So surely everybody that wants to critique every hire that we make here, I'm sure you guys knew that Dow Loggins turned down a coordinator job in the SEC last year, correct? Everybody knew that, right? I'm sure you guys know that I'm the fourth SEC head coach that's reached out to him in the last two weeks about coming to work for him. So we were fortunate to hire Dow Loggins because there were a lot of other people that were interested in hiring Dow Loggins as well. I'm sure you guys reached out to Bill Parcells, who Dow worked for. Anybody? I'm sure the people on the outside, all the experts on social media, I'm sure they called Sean Payton, arguably one of the greatest NFL coaches of all time. Uh, to talk to Sean Payton about Dow. I'm sure you reached out to Kyle Shanahan, the head coach of the San Francisco 49ers. All those guys are guys that Dow worked for. Did you call Connor Shaw? Alshon Jeffrey. Coached, Al, Dow coached Alshon Jeffrey with the Chicago Bears. And I'll keep my conversation with Alshon private, 
but it was pretty dang important, pretty dang special what he told me. I talked to John Fox, former head coach of the Carolina Panthers, Chicago Bears, Denver Broncos, about Dow. Clyde Christensen, current quarterbacks coach of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Sylvester Kroom, longtime NFL coach who just went into the Hall of Fame <clears throat> for college football last week. James Franklin, current head coach at Penn State. Stan Drayton, current head coach at Temple University. All people that he worked with or Dow was the coordinator for. So we hired a big-time coach and couldn't be more excited about hiring uh, Dow and the text messages that I got from people that he's worked with or coached over the last however many years in the NFL uh, validate that for sure. Uh, you don't last 16 years in the NFL like, uh, like he has without being a really, really good football coach, and we're fortunate to have him here at South Carolina. Why Dow Loggins? One, he's a fantastic person that I've known since I was an assistant coach here at South Carolina uh, previously. Uh, why Dow? He's an elite recruiter. He's shown that in his two years already at the college level as well. I love the idea of being able to take what he's done in the NFL as an assistant coach and as a coordinator for multiple teams and marry that with what he's learned at Arkansas the last couple of years being a part of their offense and realizing that you can have quote a quote unquote a pro style offense but then also it doesn't have to be as wordy, complicated, voluminous, whatever you want to say, you can really narrow things down. So I think being able to take what they've done at Arkansas and what he's learned in his career and marry it to best fit us is uh, pretty cutting edge, if you will, me. He's the perfect fit for what we need right now uh, as a football program. Uh, he makes our program better, his personality, his recruiting skills, his fit in that offensive staff room. As Shane, do you think Coach Loggins was successful in his last four years as an NFL coordinator? And if so, how do you define success? I define success, you know, I think you take the things that you have available to him, the things that you have available, and I think you certainly got to look at every uh, circumstance as well. I think you can take stats and, and shape them any way you want to shape them, Gene. You know, I think there's a deeper story as well. Um, I think I don't I, I really didn't dive into uh, exactly every game he coached in that six, 16 game season. But I also know from talking to John Fox, the former head coach of the Bears, he talked about the, the, some of the struggles they faced the year that Dow was up there and Jay Cutler got hurt as your starting quarterback. Correct. So, you know, I don't I don't didn't really research Jay's history, but when you lose your starting quarterback in the NFL, um, I think it's tough. Kyle Shanahan is considered probably the greatest or the best offensive coach or one of the best offensive coaches in the NFL right now. And he was the offensive coordinator of the Cleveland Browns when Dow was the quarterback's coach. They worked together. Um, I, didn't, I don't really know the history of the Cleveland Browns in that particular season, but I don't think it was very good that year as well. And some nobody questions Kyle Shanahan's ability. So he'll be the first to tell you there's things that certainly they could have been better. And when you're near the bottom of the, of the NFL and in statistical rankings, surely you don't want to be there. But again, I think you can take any stat and, and shape it any way you want. I think there's a deeper, deeper uh, uh, investigation that goes into that as well, you know. All right, Shade. So, oh. I mean, clearly, you know, these a lot of these coaches say, well, I don't read what the media says, blah, blah, blah. Oh, not God. only not only is Shane Beamer the opposite of that, he's saying, hey, Gene, I read your article this morning. <laughs> and it out. was trash. I just thought this was hilarious. Uh, I don't know. What did you think about it? I think it was a horrible idea. I, I, you know, <laughs> if Beamer's listening to this, 
then stop listening to us. <laughs> I'm just telling you, it ain't going to be pretty. That's like me. I don't read YouTube comments because I don't want to see what they say about my fat ass. You know, I just don't. Mike will send me a good one every now and then, and I appreciate I appreciate that and those that took the time to write those. But I'm not going to filter through all the bad ones because that's what we do. There is so much negative energy out there, and the fact that he would address that is 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 lame in my opinion. Uh, mm. I, I, I that you don't have to do that. You are the head coach for South Carolina. Who gives a shit what these people write about you? Just go out there and win some ball games. I think that's ultimately what it comes down. Let's talk about how they ended the season. Top knocking off two top 10 teams, ending up in a top 25 situation in Columbia, a team that we did not expect after three weeks to be in this spot. This is where they're at. You don't have to explain your hires. And, and coming out and defending this kid, uh, you know, I, I think ultimately that sounds even worse. It's like the like those freaking ribeye guys that pull up in your driveway, you know. He's got a big, I, big cooler <laughs> steaks, you know, and he says, hey, listen, I got a good deal, you know, but I, I got to I gotta get out of here. I can't wait for Mr. Jones down the road here because he's going to be here at 8 o'clock. But I'll tell you what, I'll give it to you for half off. I mean, this is sales 101. The whole four four teams wanting to hire him, who gives a shit, you know? I don't believe it. That's that's sales 101. Somebody, you know, it, it, there was the, if there were other coaches ringing, that's fine. You do not have to explain that to the media. That's what drives me nuts. And I, yeah. I love that he is open, you know, because it's great. Great content, but if he's listening, just just again, ignore us. Now, if you're a fan, if any of this is true, I think you're on cloud nine because one thing as a fan I'm hearing is is there's a lot of people upset in Arkansas that they lost the guy. Right. He's a that they're having trouble recruiting that that he's that he is a recruiting guru. So I think as a fan of South Carolina, you know, again, you don't need your coach to defend it. Just look at the numbers. Yes, maybe he wasn't as successful in the NFL, but as long as he can keep keep getting talent to Columbia and keep the talent that's in Columbia there, then it was a hell of a hire, in my opinion. Right, and it is super easy, Shane, to just look at the stats and say, "Well, my God, this guy's awful." But the list of coaches that do poorly in the NFL and are good in college, mm-hmm. I mean, is endless. You know what I mean? So that, to me, means nothing. And I didn't follow those NFL teams, but I do mm-hmm. know, just just briefly looking at the list, none of those teams had a quarterback. Yeah. And I don't care who you are. Hell, the greatest NFL coach of all time, perhaps, Bill Belichick. Mm-hmm. He ain't winning without Tom Brady, is he? So, I mean, you just cannot win at that level without elite quarterback play. So, uh, certainly, I, I'm i not sitting here saying they hit a home run. I'm not yeah. saying they struck out. Because even the most biased South Carolina fans got to look at this guy's rack record and say, well, he's not called plays in college. So, uh, give him a chance. I think he deserves that. Mm-hmm. Like you said, I think the best thing you could say about him is Arkansas seems kind of – Sick over losing them. Yeah. And from what I understand, he was going to be next in line to be offensive coordinator there if Kendall Browse left. So that should give you an indication what they think of him after working with him for a couple of seasons. And, hey, we'll find out. And that's Mm -hmm. the same with every one of these damn hires, Shane. Hugh Freeze we're all excited about. He could be the next Nick Saban. He could be the next Chad Morris. Every single one of these is basically <laughs> like that. Uh, I'm not hitting the panic button. We've, but we've said that about other coaches, you know, like, oh, there's no way that Dan Mullen in Florida won't work. There's no way right. that uh, 
you know, name. I mean, there's a, there's a the ton of. Them. I don't want to go through all of them. I don't want to bash all these coaches, but I, you know what I'm saying. There's there's some of these that you just like. Oh yes, this is what the fans want. This is yep. what the fans get. And then four years from now, you're like, well, that didn't work out. You know, that's <laughs> just right. I, and even just, remember Brian Kelly when he got hired, people were like, what the hell? Yeah. Why Why the hell would he go to LSU? He don't he he don't fit down there. Culture's mm-hmm. gonna be a problem. They won the damn SEC West in the first year. Like, we don't know what the hell is going to happen. You know what? Had I ever tell you the the ribeye story? No. Oh, my God. All right. So, listen. So, I'm sitting there. You, you know these guys and these rusty out S10s running around with that big cooler in the back. Like, you could trust the guy, you know? Pulls up the house and uh, knocks on the door. I answer it. And I thought maybe he needed some, you know, jumper cables or something, you know? But come find out he's selling meat. And he says, he goes, hey, he goes, I got some, uh, I'm selling ribeyes. And, and I'm. And this is legit. He was supposed to meet somebody. I can't remember who. He says, uh, I was supposed to be there at 8 o'clock. He says, but he goes, I have, I have to go back. I have to get back. Wife's hollering for me. And uh, so I got all these ribeyes in the back. And, uh, and, and I can't wait for 8, but they had such a good deal. I just hate to see somebody lose it. And he goes, what if I sold you the ribeyes? And I was like, well, what, what are we talking here? And he says, I got 40 ribeyes back here. He says, I'll sell it to you for $200. $200, you can have all 40 ribeyes. I think I've got a couple of boxes of uh, uh, some shrimp or something else, you know. And I was like, I was like, ah, you know, I, I just, I, there's no way I'm buying meat off this this guy, right? You know, <laughs> but I, I'm also a nice person, so I'm trying to let him down easy. And I was like, no, my man, I just, I, I said, I appreciate it. I said, I don't. I don't even have a freezer that can hold all that, you know. I thought that's my out, you know. Yeah. Guy puts his head down. He looks up. And he says, "I tell you what, for three hundred dollars, I'll throw in the cooler or the freezer." <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, "Nah, man, I can't. I'm sorry. It's nothing personal." I said, "But I ain't buying no meat off your truck." So he's like, "All right, well, you have a good day." But every time I, I think about you know somebody saying they had a better deal, I always think about old ribeye, and I, I hope he's doing all right out there, man. But sorry, I didn't buy his steaks that night. Is he the head coach of South Carolina? He could be. He could be. He's coordinating up there. Is this guy? Let me pull up his. No, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but next, uh, let's kick it over to, to their new offensive coordinator, Dow Loggins. Shane, I, I thought this was really some outstanding stuff. Like I said, it is hard to screw up the opening presser. Yeah, I always get impressed with these guys in the intro, but hell, he knocked it out of the park. If you ask me, talks about Spencer Rattler. My favorite comment he makes is the toughness that is needed to play quarterback in the SEC. I thought mm-hmm. that was outstanding. And on the culture, and you could say, well, how, how the hell would he know? Well, they played South Carolina week two, and he yeah. saw the improvement from week two till now. And I think that, like he says, I think that, that does really say something about what they got building there in Columbia. This team, of course, next year is going to look, you know, pretty different from what it was this past year, I guess, with, you know, transfer portal and things like that just but from what you've seen from uh, South Carolina's offense obviously last year when you all played them and just any other tape that you've seen um, what about that team or I guess what do you what do you see as maybe some of the things that they do well and some of their identity on offense and things that um, you you would look to uh, help them improve upon um, okay Jeremy I'm gonna kind of answer your question but gonna go in a different direction with it we played you guys week two and um, we obviously won the game in a in a fashion that 
I felt like we were the better team that day and maybe for the whole season. And what it, I've gotten to this point in my career where I can be very picky with jobs. And at this point, you start picking people and you pick cultures. And to play you guys in week two, and you guys, a talented football team, no question, but um, what you guys started with in week two to how you finished, there was something special about this place and this culture and what's being created to finish the way you did. And that goes back to Coach Beamer and what he's created here with the culture. And that's what really enticed me with this with this job. It was That was the opportunity that was like, something special is going on there. I want to be part of it. Um, and it wasn't it wasn't a football thing. The football will take care of itself. We got a lot of we got a good staff. We got a great head coach, but and you got great kids and you see they're bought in because how do you lose that game in week two in the SEC and finish the way you did? And it goes back to the culture you're building. Um, I haven't had it. I've watched obviously some some tape. Uh, <laughs> when uh, when you're evaluating recruiting, offering quarterbacks, uh, what are some of those main? main things, main traits you're looking for with those guys? Yeah, I think with young people, one of the biggest things that sticks out, especially in today's age of transfer portal, instant gratification, NIA, all those things is emotional stability. You want a kid that's emotionally tough, that's been through hard things in their life, because most of the time if you've been through hard things, then you're willing to stick things out because you know everything in life is hard. And then, so I think it's a natural throwing motion. It's a guy that plays with a base. I, I mentioned it uh, someone earlier, it might have been um, – I don't think you can change a throwing motion. And I think the people that say they can coach accuracy, I think you can improve it a little bit, but some of it's God-given and a loose arm and playing with a base. And what playing with a base is, is you'll, you play with your feet apart. Because in the pocket, when you're, it's like a phone booth, when everything starts shrinking, you have to be able to stand there and sit on a spot and make a throw. And there's also the courage to stare down the barrel when you know someone's coming, you know you're going to get hit, and it's going to hurt. But it's third and seven, and it's the fourth quarter in, the, in a big game in the SEC, and you've got to be able to hit the, hit the dig. And when we, when we call dagger, like you have to be able to throw that and sit in there. And so I think it's, there's a mental makeup of it that I think the NFL scouting process has huge advantages. When we go into high schools um, at Arkansas, when I was there, people would laugh at me because I would go talk to the trainer and the student managers and ask about the kid and ask them, the counselor and the teachers and the people at the convenience store. But I also wanted to know, especially at that position, quarterback, how important the mental make of it is. Can you handle the burden of being a quarterback in the SEC? It's hard. You guys are hard on people. Our fan base is hard. And the, all the fan bases, because there's it's a heavy burden to wear the crown. And you have to be able to – to handle that in, in, in the SEC and the NFL. There's no, there's, those two places are different. And if you can't, then you'll crumble. And that's what makes it really hard. It's the physical attributes of, of a good throwing motion, playing with a base and being accurate, and able to be, also be able to extend plays. Like you can't sit on the spot anymore and just sit back there and be a statue and expect to have the 92 Dallas Cowboy offensive line and um, be able to sit back there and do that. So. There's a lot of things that go into it. Those are probably the biggest things when you're looking at quarterbacks, and you got to get on campus and watch them throw. There's nothing like watching a kid throw live, and the tape the tape can trick you, um, and it's hard to evaluate sometimes. And not all tape is the same. It's not standard. Like there's some programs that have better tape than others. So we got to get these kids here. Which why why South Carolina, an awesome awesome recruiting base. Like you're close to a lot of different things. Um, there's no excuse not to get the best kids on, in the country here because we, we, we have great facilities, we have great leadership, and we have 
an opportunity to get them here because we're regionally we have we have strong uh, recruiting ties here. All right, Shane. So again, hey, it's going to be very easy for South Carolina people to to get all board. I think with Dow Loggins, it's but it's tough, man. I'm not going to lie. I, I you just I mean, we just drug Satterfield through the damn mud all season, you know, mm-hmm. and, and so that that position is has got a microscope on it, you know, and the way they ended it, we kind of forgave some of the, the, you know, some of the bad games and, and we forgive some of the play calling up to that point, you know, so it, it was a, it was a very impactful hire. So I, I'm not saying that he has to get it right, but this one has to be right. And, and so I really do hope that Beamer had a long list of, of names and options. And this is the one he, he narrowed it down Right. And everything he said, I think he came out, he said the right stuff. You know, I'm seeing the right – This that's the thing. When you hire a coach, the first thing I look for is that program, you know, because are the fans at that last program, are they like, oh, shit, I'm glad we got rid of that guy, you know? Or, or are they like, damn, man, he was a hell of a recruiter like I'm seeing. So mm-hmm. I, I, think, I think they got a good dude here, but it's just – there's the pressure's on man the pressure's on week one and and uh, they're going to keep an eye on him in every move he makes so i'm not saying it's the the toughest coordinator spot you know that's i i'd say our alabama is probably the toughest right now you, you don't want to be a part of that but uh or maybe even texas a&m but this one's right up there mike it's it's top four or five that you're really going to be looking on going into next season last time i'll probably ever mention this guy on the show shay but satterfield my favorite thing when south carolina did explode at the end of the season you know the there was a rumor well, hell, he won't even call the plays anymore. You know, I was like, <laughs> we can't even give the man credit for the two times oh, he crushed no. it. You know what I mean? It, oh, it, I loved it. Somebody else was doing it. Somebody was slowing it down on Beamer and said, yeah, look. <laughs> look who's calling the plays here, boys. Look who's doing it. <laughs> hey, Dex, I want to – you already hinted at this, Shane. I just want to get your thoughts real quick. But Tennessee, man, they did a good job here on Wednesday locking down the state's Top linebacker, four-star Arian Carter, commit to Tennessee over Alabama and Ohio State. He's a number three in-state prospect, number 14 linebacker in the country. He's an all-American bowl select player. And what does it say to you as a big Tennessee homer, Shane, that Tennessee is starting to win these recruiting battles, particularly on the defensive side of the ball where they need help? You have got to win these battles. You've got to keep these in-state guys home. If Tennessee, you know, they flirted with the college football playoff, didn't quite get there, but if they're going to break through, you just got to win battles like this. You got to, man. This is If you want to hang out in the top, the echelon of the SEC, these these are the battles. You're not going to win them all. But, you know, for years past, we weren't winning any of them. And, and I think that's the big difference is we're starting to pull a few more than we used to. Now, we're not getting them all. But we are getting better, and we're getting closer on these on these recruiting trails. When you're, fa- I mean, think about it. We pulled this kid uh, fr- from Georgia and and Ohio State and Alabama. You know, mm-hmm. I th- there was a rumor. I don't know if that's true, but that Golding was outside, and they wouldn't let him into the facility. So I don't know if that's true or not. But 
But that's what you want to hear, you know, uh, and, and protecting your borders. You're yeah. thinking about the two of the best recruits that are in this state staying home. That's important. Tennessee's getting better at producing talent. And if we can protect our borders here, yeah, we can compete. And um, that you're starting to see it on the playing field and on the recruiting trail. Mm. All right, last thing I got, Shane, on this episode. Potentially, you know, this is going to move. You said, you know, moves that are kind of flying under the radar. This one could potentially. Missouri quarterback coach Bush Harmon has Mm -hmm. left to take the Boise State offensive coordinator role. Mm -hmm. And this is the guy that uh, Eli kind of gave him play calling duties. They they said it was kind of like a – or he said that it was, uh, you know, by committee, so to speak. But this was the guy that was calling the plays late in the season and Mm – Man, they really seem to turn a corner. So this is potentially a, a big loss. I, I have to assume that if he's going to Boise, uh, you know, Drink was not prepared to give him that offensive coordinator role. Maybe he changes his mind. We we seen coaches change after accepting another job, but uh, yeah, you know, potential loss here. But maybe maybe Drink's got someone bigger in his back pocket. I don't know. Well, it, that'll be something interesting for Missouri fans to to pay attention to in the coming weeks. Yeah, and Drink Drink was pretty reserved about that whole situation too. Mm-hmm. So you know, I mean, it's easy to speculate who was who was doing all the calling, but um, you know, I think if 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 they really wanted to keep him there, they they could have found money to do so. So right. I'm not sure this is a huge loss, but it's definitely something we we'll, we could look back if we're three weeks in next year and say, damn, they they let one get away, you know. So <laughs> it's these little moves, you know. Right. I know when Drink got his extension, that was key to it. Big salary increase for the assistance. Right. So that goes to your point. You know, if they really wanted to make this guy a priority, it's not like they got outbid or anything. Mm-hmm. Probably a, a case where if this guy does want to be a big-time SEC coordinator, he, maybe he needs a little bit more experience to do it. You know what? That could be it, man. All right, brother. Well, hey, that's all I got on this episode of the show. We've got uh, a couple more coming up. Going to feature some more guests. I've got guests lined up for several days on days. we got a bowl game to talk about on the next episode. We're going to be locked and loaded. You got anything else before we get jump off the line? No, man. This is uh, tis the season. Get your Christmas presents in. I haven't... If you haven't sent mine in yet, go ahead and do that because <laughs> the mail's going to stop running here soon. So, no, I'm just – I think uh, this is a reminder to all those dads out there that didn't get their wives something. This is the time. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, other than that, brother, I, I am uh, – I've pumped up. You know, I, I joked earlier about the bowl games coming up. Yes, there's just the Florida Gators, uh, but there's other football on, and I'm going to watch it because – we're at the tail end of this thing, and uh, it's going to be a while till we get some college football. So enjoy it while you can, and uh, enjoy your family. Uh, if that's taught us anything this week, you know, you got some loved ones out there that you ain't talked to in a while, reach out. You never know. Yeah, great message there to end the show, Shane. I appreciate you as always. I appreciate each and every one of you for hanging out. We'll catch you on the next one. All right, see you guys. Go balls. I'm sending you some ribeyes. <laughs> <laughs>